Radio MD. RadioMD.com. This is Melanie Cole's Health Radio. So bloating. Women, we feel bloated all the time, and for no good reason. Men, too, I suppose, but really, I like to concentrate on women because then it's more like my therapy. And my guest today is Dr. Robin Chutkin. She's one of the most recognizable gastroenterologists working in America today. We do love us some GI docs here at Radio MD, Dr. Chutkin. So bloating. Women, we look down at our bellies and we say, for God's sakes, what the hell? Is bloating air? Is it inflama- you know, inflammation, inflammatory process? It's in our gut. What is bloating? So, Melanie, it generally is an excess of air in the digestive tract. And you're absolutely right that as a woman, when we look down, we see way more bloat than our male counterparts. And there are a couple really important reasons for this. Number one, the female digestive tract is a totally different beast from the male digestive tract. We have colons that are about 10 centimeters longer. And while that might not seem like a lot, that extra 10 centimeters leads to a lot of extra twists and turns in the colon, perfect places for gas and the products of digestion to get trapped. So there's a real anatomical reason why we have more bloating. We also have less testosterone, which means that our abdominal wall is less tight. Men, even if they have a bare belly, they have a built-in spanx because of higher testosterone levels, so they tend to bloat less. Nice. So we're, we're at a little bit of a disadvantage when it comes to bloating as women. Yeah, you know what? My kids, my, my son and my husband don't even get it. And my, my daughter asks me, am I going to be like you, Mom? Jeez. And I said, <laughs> you know, probably are. I said, look, here's your future right here. But it is so uncomfortable. You know that it's not necessarily fat. You know, you don't look down at that pregnant-looking bloated belly, and you can see I'm passionate about this, and say, <laughs> I know that I'm just that fat, because that's not what it is. So you say our colons are a little longer. We get more trapped gas and air. Is it because of the foods that we're eating, cruciferous vegetables, things like that are causing these kinds of gases or hormones, you say, testosterone? What can we do about this? Well, there are lots of causes. In fact, I talk about 101 of them in my book, in uh, The Bloat Cure. But some of the causes of bloat are real equal opportunity employers. So when it comes to food, there's not really a male-female difference. There are a lot of things that we eat on a daily basis that conspire to bloat us. And I like to talk about the sad gas foods. So let's talk about the sad part first. That's soy, and I'm mostly talking here about processed soy that's used as a filler in foods, artificial sweeteners, and dairy. Those are three of the big ones, the sad. And then the gas part is all the delicious stuff, gluten, alcohol, and sugar. So if I had to tell you my six biggest bloaters, it would be those six things. And they all work differently. The problem with processed soy foods is that they have estrogen-like effects that can cause to retain water. Artificial sweeteners don't get broken down in the small intestine, so they don't contribute calories, but they get fermented by gut bacteria in the colon, and they contribute plenty in the way of bloat. Dairy, more than half the world is lactose intolerant, and that could certainly be you and me. So lots of people eat dairy every day. They're bloated every day, and they don't put two and two together. And then in terms of the gas foods, the gluten, alcohol, sugar, we know that some people have a real allergy to gluten, which is a protein in wheat, rye, and barley, and those people have celiac disease. But millions and millions of people are gluten intolerant. They just don't process and they don't digest refined wheat, rye, and barley well. And one of the main ways the gut has of sort of signaling its displeasure with all these processed carbohydrates is to bloat. So that's Ugh. the cheat. 
Alcohol. I do love my cheese. I love my cheese. I don't eat added, you know, added sugars. I don't use, uh, you know, sugar substitutes of any kind. But you hit me where I live with the cheese and alcohol because that's what I do love to live on. Cheese and alcohol equals a little less bloat, and every little bit counts. So I'm not advocating that you necessarily have to give it all up, but focusing on hard cheeses, a hard-aged cheese that has less lactose in it can go a long way. And with alcohol, the other thing, as women in particular, we need to keep in mind is that one or more alcoholic beverages a day doubles our risk for reproductive cancers. So that means we really have to keep track and make sure we're not getting above seven drinks a week. It could be one a day. It could be three on a Friday, three on a Saturday. But we have to keep that magical number of seven in mind. And, you know, you see a lot less bloating when you stay below that number, too. That sucks. It really does for us women. It totally does. I love my good white porch wines and Sauvignon Blancs and all. And so it is kind of a bummer. And I know we're supposed to keep below that seven. So what else can help us with bloating? Because a lot of times women think of bloating as GERD, two different Mm -hmm. things, Mm -hmm. and then they they hit the Tums or they hit some of these anti-gas pills and, and you're still bloated. And, you know, that can be a really bad idea, the antacids and the acid suppressors. And that's because stomach acid is one of our body's very effective and natural ways for preventing overgrowth of bacteria in the stomach. And so when you block that acid as beautifully as these drugs do, you end up with a lot of overgrowth of bacteria in the stomach instead of in the colon where it's supposed to be. And that can lead to even more bloating and symptoms that can mimic reflux. So a lot of people who think they have reflux and they're popping pills to suppress the acid, they're getting more symptoms, they're getting more bloated, they're actually creating bloat and reflux symptoms through those drugs. So you got to be really careful with those drugs. And I always advocate lifestyle modification. So earlier dinner, less caffeine, less alcohol, less heavy meals at night, which brings me to one of the other really common causes of bloating, which is late night eating. Most people don't realize that the stomach actually has a bedtime. It's most active during the day. And then once the sun sets, it basically goes to sleep. And unfortunately, that's when most of us are dumping in the majority of our calories after dark. And so the stomach's barely moving, and that just sets us up for bloating. Yeah, you know, it pretty much hit me where I live right there, too, because I eat sometimes after the kids go to bed. I'm not a late-night eater as far as snacking, but I tend to have my dinner at 8 o'clock at night, and I like a late-night dinner and a glass of wine beforehand, so that's true. And, yes, I, I love that you pointed out that our stomachs do need that acid. They are our antibacterial best friends in our stomachs. So people go a little bit crazy with sort of that thing. Give us a few more lifestyle before we run out of time. What do you think of things like vinegar to regulate the pH, apple cider vinegar every day? Yeah, apple cider vinegar can help, but you know, if you just stop taking the acid-suppressing drugs, you typically don't need that. I love fennel tea because fennel can increase the digestive juices and increase the digestive enzymes. So I love whether you chew on some fennel seeds after you eat or you get some fresh fennel and you boil it in water and you steep it for 10 minutes and make a fennel tea, add some fresh ginger to it, make it even more effective. That's a great blow-busting remedy. And I also like something called happy abs where you take either your fist or a one or two pound dumbbell and you circumnavigate your belly button in a clockwise direction and that basically helps to push air and the products of digestion through. Make sure you go in the right direction. So clockwise around the belly button, which mimics the passage of the products of digestion. So that's a really simple thing. 
If you're flexible, some twisting yoga poses are great to sort of push the air through. Going for just a quick, brisk 10-minute walk after dinner can do wonders because that sort of rhythmic exercise, walking, can really stimulate peristalsis and help get things going, help move things from north to south. So those are all really simple things that you can do. Oh, I love the belly button thing. I'm doing that right now. (laughs) And, of course, increasing that peristalsis, as you say. Now tell us, we just have about 30 seconds left. Where can people find your book and more about you? The book is at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. My website is gutbliss, G-U-T-B-L-I-S-S dot com, or follow me on Twitter at Dr. Chutkan. At Dr. Chutkin, and the and the website is gutbliss.com, so you can see more about her there and what great bits of information on bloating. Ladies, this is one of those shows that you should absolutely share with your friends because she gave real, everyday, workable solutions to the bloat that we all think is just a part of life as a woman, and she gave reasons our colons are longer, who knew? So we've got all of these reasons and things that we can do about them. Of course, one of them decreasing our alcohol intake, but whatever. You know, you can certainly try all those other ones that she talked about. So share these shows with your friends because that is how we all learn this great information together. This is Melanie Cole for Radio MD. Thanks for listening and stay well. 